Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome to episode number 57 of Detour to Neverland. Today is a really fun interview, but before we jump into that, we're going to do our past guest spotlight. So today we want to share with you Walt's wardrobe and in honor of Valentine's Day, which is coming up soon, they have released two new prints. So they have a I Love You t-shirt, like the Pixar short, um, so it would match your magic band if you got one of those. And they also have a, it looks kind of like the candy hearts, um, but of course for all of our Disney food lovers, they are filled with different, you know, Disney treats. So they're both super cute and festive, especially if you are going to be in the parks on Valentine's Day, or I guess maybe if you just wish you were in the parks on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So you can connect and find those designs over at waltz-wardrobe.com. I also find them on Instagram at waltz-wardrobe. You can also hear Justin back in episode number 34. So today's episode is one that we are so thrilled about. I think mainly because it has so many actionable items that can transfer over to anybody, whether you're in the content space, whether you're in the product space. Serena from Living by Disney has so many wonderful things um, to share. So you can connect with Serena beforehand at Living by Disney on Instagram and also livingbydisney.com. But we are so thrilled to have her join us today. So Serena, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself, maybe tell a little bit about yourself and Living by Disney for our listeners who aren't as familiar with you. Oh, okay, sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm super honored to be here. Um, So uh, Living by Disney, uh, I started that when I moved to Orlando. So I was a Disney fan all my life and always lived in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, until three years ago when we moved my husband and my two teen teen children up and moved to Orlando. And now we live we live by Disney. We live right next door to Disney. Um, I can actually see the fireworks from my house every night. Like we're right there. And um, when I was making the move, I was doing a ton of research, trying to figure out not only where we should move and what it would be like to move to Orlando, but also what was it like from the perspective of a Disney fan. And there really wasn't much information that I was looking for. So I just figured, well, in the process of doing this, I'm just going to put the information that I've gathered in my research onto a blog as almost part of a, a cathartic sort of therapy for me in, in getting through the stress of moving. And that's kind of where it uh, started. And eventually I moved away from talking about the move into just what was happening in the parks. I started noticing that I was spending a lot of time in the parks. There were so many people there that didn't know what was going on. (laughs) And I realized that that there was really a need for sort of an unbiased um, person, sort of person on the street who was able to keep people up to date on what was happening and help them plan their next vacation or trip. So uh, that's kind of what I morphed into. And now that's what I do through my blog and through my social media. 
And that is so true because even, you know, we try to keep up with all kinds of Disney, you know, information and tips and tricks and, you know, especially when new things come out and there is just so much information. So, I mean, like you said, the great thing about what you've been doing is that it is very unbiased and it's very, you know, just the facts, the things that you need to know. And I love Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. It is. It's so much to keep up with. I mean, even for those of us who are super plugged into this Disney world and uh, and the, the bubble and everything that happens with it, we still miss things. So for someone, for the average person who's planning a vacation here or even a, a hardcore fan who just wants to keep up with what's going on, it can be extremely time consuming and also uh, hard for them to know kind of what's the best option for them. So that's kind of has become my niche. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I think you know, with you doing so many different things, you have the blog, you have the newsletter, you're very active on Instagram and other social media platforms as well. Now mm-hmm. that you've made that move and you're completely engrossed in, and like you said, you can see the fireworks from your house. How do you keep it fresh and how do you keep yourself interested and, and still passionate about Disney to, to bring that content to your followers? Oh, good question. Um, really, I think it's sharing it with, with others. I mean, I think that's what keeps it alive for you. If you've been on a Disney trip a whole bunch of times, but then you finally bring someone who it's their first time and you get to see it through their eyes as a first timer, that is is so magical. And it's like, it's your first time too. And that's kind of what it does for me, being able to share this with other people. I think I really appreciate what I have access to because I haven't always had it. For most of my life, I was the Disney fan living on the other side of the the country who was really wishing that I could be plugged in and and be able to attend as much as I wanted. So now that I have that, I appreciate it so much, but I also feel like it's important to share that with other people because I know what that felt like. And and not in a ha-ha, look at what I get to do kind of way, but in a this is amazing, you guys. I, I want to share this with you because being here and being able to experience this is, is pretty incredible. And, you know, Brendan kind of mentioned it, um, but one of the best ways that we are able to kind of stay plugged in with what you're doing is your newsletter, um, which mm-hmm. is so valuable, you know, for us and for everyone else who receives it. What was kind of the, I guess, inspiration behind you wanting to do a newsletter? Well, I knew, you know, I love my blog and my blog is kind of like my hub, like my home base for everything. But, um, you know, these days we're all extremely busy and unless we're in full on research mode, we don't have a lot of time to read long form blog articles. Um, so I needed a way to be able to just cover everything in one place centrally located and also to be able to have access to people because, you know, we come and go on social media, but based on different platforms and stuff, you know, Sometimes it's Facebook was the thing, and then it was Twitter, and then it was Snapchat, and now it's Instagram. But whatever it is, they come and go. Um, but we we always have our email. That's kind of, you know, everyone always is going to check their email. So that was just an easy way for me to stay connected to people who wanted to get that update and, and just have it on a regular basis. Every Tuesday morning, you're going to get everything that has come out that week from me. And it's just just what you need to know. It's not a lot of fluff. If there isn't a lot of news that week, it's a short email. If it's if there's a ton that came out, it might be longer, but it's more just to give people a one stop shop to keep up with everything. 
Mm -hmm. I can honestly say that I've deemed it the most valuable thing that I receive in my inbox every week. And oh the my re- God, that's so nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, and honestly, and the reason for that is because us here in Tennessee, we're not as plugged in. We don't have as easy access to go down there and do these special events or pop-up shops or whatever, you know, the new things are that coming out. But I think you're exactly right. Putting it in a newsletter format maybe seems a little old school, but it is something that you can always go back there and reference. You don't have to go through an Instagram or a Facebook feed to be able to find the information that you're looking for. You have it right there in your email. Um, and I can't tell you how many times a week I reference it to figure out, all right, when does flower and garden end or when does food <laughs> and wine end? And, and that's just so valuable. But I think one of the most important things that we were able to connect with through the newsletter was when you were featured in Terry Whelan's book, What the Magic Means. So we had Terry on back just a few episodes ago, and he shared his story and his inspiration for the book. But I wanted to get your perspective, kind of, did you ever expect that you would be featured in a book about Disney, about, you know, highlighting your move? And then what was that experience like of of being in there? Uh, No. Never, <laughs> never expected that at all. Um, every every opportunity that I have, honestly, is always a surprise to me. <laughs> every time someone's like, "Oh, we'd like you to be uh, like with you guys. I'd like to be on podcast." I'm always like, "Really? Wow, wow, that's so neat." Um, no, it, it was a, it was such a nice nice honor to be asked by him, um, and especially with the other names that he has in that book. There there are a lot of people that I have followed long before I was ever, you know, on the Disney community scene. So, um, so it was, it was a really amazing opportunity to get to be a part of that. And I love, I love the whole premise of the book because there are people that are Disney fans and then there are people who are Disney fans. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that was me, you know, when people say, Oh, you're going to move to Disney and you're, and you're going to get so sick of being in the parks. I'm like, well, it depends on the level of fan you are, but like, the level I am, I don't think so. Like I am, it's an, it's another level. And and people who are listening to this, who are, are the same way, they will get that, that there's just, there's just something. It's not just a vacation destination. It's, it is a part of your life. It becomes part of your nostalgia and your childhood memories and your memories of raising your children and your best family times. And, you know, a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings that are get all wrapped up into that brand and how it affects your life is far more than just where you choose to vacation. Yeah. And, you know, kind of referencing the book, you definitely mentioned how obviously it was a shock, you know, when you did choose to move you and your family out to Orlando, um, and, you know, they were giving you those warnings. You know, have you found any truth in any of those warnings that people have told you? Um, I mean, to some extent, yeah, change is hard, you know, especially when you make a big change. And, it, you know, when you do have a family, it's not just about you, too. So you're you're affecting their, you know, their lives as well. And there's a, an extra, you know, measure of uh, responsibility that you carry with that. But, um it is hard. It was hard leaving um, places that we had so much roots in because we had lived there for so long. And there's a lot of that you do take for granted. Um, but there's also something that comes with change that opens you up and you grow as a person in a way that you never would have if you had stayed the same. And 
not that you can't change and grow with that, you know, without moving somewhere, but sometimes it, it gives you that, that kickstart when you leave your comfort zone. It just opens you up for new opportunities. And I know for me personally, I have felt that there's a lot of things that I've gotten to do and experience that I would have never had the opportunity to do if I had stayed in Virginia. So it's not so much saying it's better or it's worse. It's just, you know, kind of being open to new, new changes and experiences and, and how that can, can really help you grow in ways that are really, really good for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. And uh, because I think it's something that, like you said, those Disney fans, the people who really get it, it's for a lot of people like us, it's something that's kind of always in the back of your mind of, you know, Catherine and I have joked that that's our retirement jobs. Like mm-hmm. we're going to go down there and I'm going to be a bus driver and Catherine's going to be a greeter in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> and you right. know, that that's the retirement plan. Um, but I think the way that you've been able to share it through your blog and, and ongoing as well, now that you've been there for a while, really gives a really authentic look into it. Uh, and you're very honest about those changes and, and how you experience the parks differently. So I love that. But one oh, of the yeah. other things that, um, one of the other topics that you cover quite often on your blog and also on Instagram, where we're most connected with you, is your social media tips. So you have a background in marketing and, and web design. I know that, that where we've read about that. So I want to get a little more practical and talk about, because you have some really good thoughts on social media strategy, how to grow your audience, how to attract the right audience. So if you just had kind of any tips or any thoughts that you could share with our listeners who are in that same boat, that they're trying to reach their people, uh, Mm -hmm. what would you share with them? Well, you know, social media is so interesting because it, it really hasn't been around that long. But boy, has it changed and how, and how it affects our lives. You know, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly it's grown and become a part of our everyday routines. Um, and so going into 2019 and, and onward, you know, the social media strategies that worked a year or two years or however long ago, even six months ago may not work now. Um, because it's constantly changing that quick. So the biggest thing that I'm seeing, the trends I'm seeing that I really am excited about in social media is a trend towards authenticity and realness, which authenticity is kind of one of those buzzwords that's used a lot these days, but it's something that you're seeing a lot of people. I know from me, just as a user of like who I follow and who I want to take in on social media, I'm drawn to the people who are very real because Social media now has been around long enough that we now know the difference. We are able as users, no matter what age, to to look at something and say, that's fake. That's not real. And we see through it. And, and we're not really impressed with that anymore. We don't necessarily want perfection anymore. And I think that that's a great thing because... Surprise, none of us are perfect. <laughs> so this is good news for every single one of us that the, the sort of pressure to be perfect or be something we're not, we can just pull that all away now and kind of strip it down to being real and trying to be as real as possible. And what happens when we do that is number one, it's super scary in the beginning. It's super scary. I mean, to, to, to hold up your phone and put your face on it and talk to your screen. 
and, and actually talk to the people who follow you on social media when you first start doing it is terrifying um, and intimidating and you, and you feel stupid and you feel like I, who am I? And nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Um, but if you can get past that and, and really put yourself out there and be real, you discover that people respond to that much more so than, than anything else, much more so than any type of slick, polished, perfect aesthetic that we can put out there. Um, so that means that social media now is easier. There's less barrier to entry for all of us because all we have to do is kind of just be ourselves and kind of put that out there. And the magical thing that happens about that is that we attract people like us, people who like the same things as us, people who have a similar mindset and similar values. And, and that's great because they like us and we like them and we like some of the same things. And there's just this automatic connection that happens and it allows us to really be able to, to grow, you know, in ways that we couldn't have maybe years ago and being able to sort of connect and, and grow that community that we're, we're hoping to grow. Boom. I, I feel like that's that's the appropriate response. For anybody who's familiar with me, I am like the biggest John Lee Dumas fan who hosts a podcast called EO Fire. And he okay. would call something like that a truth bomb. That just, I mean, I love that. I love everything that you've shared there. And I know you've, I've been able to consume some of that on Instagram as well when you've been able to share you know, those thoughts and, and how do we approach this? Because it seems like everybody now has a blog or has an Etsy shop or has a podcast like mm-hmm. us that you're trying to use social media as the link to get somebody to do something else or or, mm-hmm. or click on this other page or whatever it is. And, and I think that's, you know, a wonderful approach. I want to ask a very specific question, but I think yeah. talking with some of our other, with some of our listeners, I think it's a uh, an issue that a lot of people have is that kind of when we started Instagram, we were very much in the let's jump into these follow loops or let's try to find these people who we think are our target listeners and follow them just to get our name out there, just so they know who we are and maybe they'll listen or maybe they'll follow along or maybe they'll comment. And now if you keep doing that over and over and over again, then you get yourself into a web of Instagram mess where you're really not even seeing the content that you want to see anymore, or you're following all these people who maybe aren't even active on Instagram anymore. So do you have any advice into once you've kind of dug yourself into that hole and and you are like that and, and you're in that situation where you're not even able to consume the content you want on Instagram anymore, how do you get out of that? <laughs> in one word, unfollow. <laughs> Just do a social media detox and clean it out as much as possible. Um, think about who you really want to connect with on there and who you don't. And there may be people, there are people on on social media that I particularly do like. Like I find them entertaining or interesting, but they may not be lined up with my values or my intentions or what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do when I'm on social media. So it's not a matter of taking it personally and saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't like you. It's just saying, that's not what I'm about right now. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of put blinders on and focus in on what I want to be here for. What am I showing up for? What do I want to take in and what do I want to put out? Um, and that's something that, that's, hard because in, in your early days growing, it just feels like 
it just feels like you nobody knows who you are and you know it's just crickets out there when you post and the only people commenting are like your mom and your best friend <laughs> and that's when you text them and say will you comment on that last post because um, <laughs> nobody's commenting you know? so uh yeah you know if that that part's hard that part of getting over that hump is is hard but if you can slog your way through that you're going to find that you will find your people and you will find you not only your voice, but who wants to listen to your voice. Um, so, you know, the first year I feel like is just you sort of like throwing it out there and figuring it out. Don't have any grand expectations. Don't try to hold yourself to some sort of unrealistic goals or follow counts or like counts or anything like that. Just, just kind of, Try to figure it out and try to find your voice because there's something very freeing in having a small audience in that you can make mistakes. <laughs> you can try things and sort of experiment a little bit. And once your audience grows somewhat, it becomes a little more scary to do that and change things up. So kind of enjoy the fact that, hey, you know, I don't have a huge audience or huge expectations on me. So I'm just going to try this. And then if that doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. And Gosh, if you scroll back to my early days, I mean, you will see a hodgepodge, a whole hot mess of stuff. But um, there was a lot of things that I tried, a lot of things that failed spectacularly. But in the end, um, after now, I just hit a three-year point with it all. Um, you know, you do so all of a sudden, it just starts to kind of come together, and you get the ball rolling, and it becomes a lot easier because you now know who you are on social media. You know what you're showing up to do and, and people can now expect and know what to expect when they show up and they click on something you've done. They know what they're going to get and you know what you're going to give them. And there's a, a tremendous freedom in that. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's great, you know, kind of the trial and the error. Um, but also, you know, when you were talking about expectations, I think that is just so important, you know, because mm -hmm. I think on social media, it's easy to think like, oh, like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Or, you know, mm -hmm. why are they getting all these followers or whatever? And I'm not. And I think, you know, having, you know, goals are always good, but just, you know, appropriate expectations as you grow your page to, you know, or whatever, just to make sure that you're not you know, beating yourself up or getting ahead of yourself. I think that's really great advice. Absolutely. And, you know, comparison is literally, it's the killer of creativity. It, it is the worst thing. And, and I say that, and, and I have to be honest that I still struggle with that. I mean, I still have to constantly remind myself not to sort of slip into that. We all have those people that we've sort of pegged as our competitors or people that, you know, we're sort of, on the same, on the same level with, and we're kind of always looking at what they're doing, but that it's not healthy to do that. And if you can just sort of put your blinders on and stay in your lane and think about what you want to do and, and not in, in regard or in comparison to anybody else, it, it's so much easier. And, and you clear out a lot of that negative headspace and, then it allows you to be more creative and to and to pay attention to what you actually want to do instead of doing what everybody else is doing. Because to be honest, it's like it becomes white noise when everybody's doing a certain type of post on the same day in the same way. And we all know these kind of posts because we're all on Instagram. And chances are, if you follow one Disney account, you follow 20 of them. Um, when everybody's doing the same thing, your feed is like identical. 
and you can scroll through it and it's literally just white noise. You're not even paying attention to it because everybody's stuff looks the same. When somebody's doing something different, that's what stands out. That's what you pay attention to. So um, there's there's really a lot of strength and, and advantage to not paying attention to what other people are doing because then you automatically just do your own thing and what you're doing becomes different than what everybody else is doing, which is something that people now pay attention to. I've got to say, Catherine and mm-hmm. I have talked about in the past that there's kind of two different buckets of interviews that we do. Some mm-hmm. of them are that we're you know, we're interested in what they're doing, but we're kind of catering to our listenership and kind of getting the feedback. This mm-hmm. one is purely for us. <laughs> <laughs> this, these are the exact conversations that we need to have. And it's kind of perfect timing for where we're at. And I think just okay. a, few, a few learnings that kind of we've realized over the past couple of weeks, and then we'll move into our fast pass round, I promise. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of now we've identified ourselves, and, and we know the type of content that we want to share. And now mm-hmm. it's almost like when I post something or when we post something and we see people unfollow us, it's almost a relief. That it's <laughs> like, all right, now we're whittling down. We're getting to our people. Like this, yes. this is the people who they're interested in our stuff. And if you're not interested in it, then, you know, we, we don't need to conform. So I love that. Absolutely. I love that completely. So Absolutely. And there's something too that we can really use, use our social media in a way that, you know, lets people see who we are. Um, I know I use stories a a lot. I mean, my stories are, they get probably twice the reach or more sometimes as my posts do. Um, and, and I think that's so interesting because we used to always focus on the posts. And static posts was kind of like, you know, what's my feed? What's the aesthetic? You know, that type of thing. Um, and now, you know, things are sort of moving away from that. A lot of people are never even scrolling their feed. They're literally staying at the top of the screen on Instagram and just going through stories, which I think is so interesting. Um, because it, it kind of, that's where people are more real. That's kind of the day to day, the real time, the, the short lived, content is there and the more polished professional um even sometimes fake posts are the static posts and that's kind of what people are gravitating away from so we can really use our our stories now to to kind of hone in on showing people and letting people into our lives because we're all super curious i mean i don't care what you do for a living there's some aspect of it that i'm curious about that i would I'm interested in what the behind the scenes of that looks like. What does your day-to-day life look like? What's your routines? What's your family? Like, what's your house? Like, we're all curious like that. <laughs> we all want to know. <laughs> um, so we can use that to kind of let people into our lives a little bit and share a little bit of who we are with however much we're comfortable with. And, and that can be a great way that we can connect and really grow our community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we move on, I do just want to say thank you because I know when we've chatted with other people and say, hey, I think we're going to get an interview with Serena coming up. So many people have reached out to us to just say, you know, like she's amazing. And I think Aww. our perspective is that, of course, you share the amazing Disney content, but you don't have to go and share these social media strategies or share your successes and failures, but you do that anyway. And I think that ourselves and the Disney community are so thankful for that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Well, awesome. Before we head into the Fast Pass round, let's take a quick break and hear from our sister podcast, Kingdom Outcast. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Well, awesome. Well, I think we covered a lot of great topics, some really great topics. So the next thing we'll jump into is our fast pass round. So we'll just throw out these Disney topics. If you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind, uh, our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay. This will be interesting because like I said, I didn't look it over. So um, <laughs> we're, we'll see what comes out. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a situation where if you listen back to it, you're like, man, I wish I would have picked something different. Probably. <laughs> The first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. Oh, okay. So I've been to at Walt Disney World, obviously, Disneyland in California, and Disneyland Paris. So out of those parks, which one is your favorite? Walt Disney World. I mean, I have to go with that. It's just, you know, it's my home, so to speak. But I, I don't think there's any Disney park I could go to that I wouldn't love. And we know from reading what the magic means that Magic Kingdom is your favorite individual park, right? Absolutely. I'm like, a, I'm the classic Disney, you know, animation fan. I love, I'm all about that. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of other international parks or whatever it might be, what would be a Disney bucket list trip for you? Oh, it's got to be Tokyo. I mean, I think every Disney fan says that. Don't <laughs> it's sort of the cliche answer. I, I should probably say like, Hong Kong just to like be hipster about it but now um it is it's Tokyo I, I absolutely I, I would say at least once every six months I price out a trip there <laughs> just for kicks um <laughs> just because I'm like I'm gonna do this um one of these days I will for sure but um yeah it just it looks so amazing I, I all the rides and you know I like anytime anybody goes there I'm always like stalking their page so yeah that, that's gonna happen eventually for sure Brendan says the same thing, but the one thing that I'm nervous about is the crowds. Yeah, it just always yeah. looks crazy. It does. It does. But people say the same thing about Disney World, and I think we just, it doesn't deter us because we know it, and we're more familiar, you know, we're more That's comfortable true. with it. Yeah. it's a good point. <laughs> so, um, what is your favorite Disney resort? And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Uh, probably... Uh, there's there's a lot that I like, but probably Polynesian, just because I have so much nostalgia with it. It was like, um, it's the resort I've stayed at the most on our family vacations when we used to come visit. And um, it's, I just, there's something about that lobby when I walk in, the smell, the music, everything, I, I instantly relax. It, it feels like vacation to me. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. So next one, there's some strategy that goes into this answer. If you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, one ride for the rest of my life. Probably Tower of Terror. I, I I just love that ride. It's very hard for me to go in Hollywood Studios and not ride it. Um, I just it, It's a ride that never gets old. Maybe it's because each ride is slightly different in terms of how the drops go and, and that type of thing. So there's always an element of surprise or not always being able to anticipate exactly what's going to happen, which when you go a lot, most of the time you can. So that makes it always keeps it a little bit interesting. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Tower of Terror. 
I don't think we've gotten that answer yet, have we, Catherine? No, that's a good one. I love Tower <laughs> Terrace. That's a good one. I really like that answer because a lot of them, I'm scared that if you fast pass it all the time, you'll miss like an amazing queue, like Peter Pan or something like that. Right. But with Tower of Terror, you don't miss out yeah, on any of the pre-show. Much. You know, you mm-hmm. still get to go through the lobby. So I love that answer. Yeah. <laughs> So then which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment or maybe just needs some TLC? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. Um, could it be a ride or a show? Yeah. 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 Um, it probably is Illuminations, which ironically is what they're they're getting ready <laughs> to work on. Um, I've thought that for years. It. It just does not hold its own to me anymore. Um, I love the, the music and I love the the theme and the the concept behind it. But um, yeah, I was a huge fan of Wishes and was, you know, really grumbling about them getting rid of it. And then Happily Ever After came out and I said, okay, I get it. I see, I see your technology. <laughs> I understand why you needed to update this. So um, now after having advanced, you know, projections and pyrotechnics and all of these things, we see kind of what the capability is. Illuminations looks a little shoddy in comparison. Um, so I do feel like they could, there's really so much room for them to improve it. Yeah. And I know this is probably unpopular opinion, but with how much we go to the parks and everything, I will not watch Illuminations anymore. <laughs> well, I know that's yeah. not good, but I just... We'll almost always stay for like the first half. And then once the globe sequence starts, we're like, all right, you lost me. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. can't get into it anymore. So I would agree with that too. Yeah. So next question's a fun question. Probably our favorite question of the Fast Fast Round. Your favorite snack or a go-to snack? There's snack. Um, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many good Disney snacks. Um, it's hard to pick one. Probably, I would say in the last year or so, my favorite has been the Nutella waffle, fruit Nutella waffle from Sleepy Hollow Refreshments, which I don't know if you guys have had that, but no, it's like, it's a warm waffle and then they put Nutella on it. And then fresh fruit, and they they kind of fold it like a taco and hand it to you, and it's pure magic, um, <laughs> fantastic. So they're always made really fresh, like right right there where they make all the funnel cakes, and they're super good. Um, mm. So yeah, that's probably been my for years and years and years. It was Dole Whip, and um, I still love Dole Whip, but I, I have it has been replaced, I think, by <laughs> by the waffle. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down, Catherine. We got to get that in our next trip. At this point, we really are like making a list of all these <laughs> snacks and everything because we just, I don't know, I guess we're not as adventurous as we think we are. And there's so many things to try. Yep. There's so much food there. It's, I mean, you can't really try it all in, in one week or you just never stop eating. No. Um, so the next one is kind of a two part question, but what's your favorite table service restaurant and quick service restaurant? Um, okay. A quick service restaurant would have to be Satouli Canteen in Pandora. Um, I love that place. It's the quality of the food is much more like a table service restaurant, but you're, you're getting it at a quick service level pricing. Um, and I, everything that, that they have is so good. And I just love, love Pandora, love the whole vibe, the music, everything. Like it's just so well done. And, um, so that's probably my favorite quick service. It's pretty much like my go-to when I'm at Animal Kingdom. Um, 
And table service, that's really hard. Um, longtime favorite would probably be Ohana's. I've always loved Ohana's. Um, and I still, like, that's always an amazing meal to have. Um, and uh, would that be my favorite? That's probably, that's probably my favorite. I mean, I still love Be Our Guest, but I feel like Ohana's probably would trump it a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know how, but somehow on this last trip for Christmas was the first time that we ever went to Ohana. And so, we got noodles with our meal. But then we've heard, and I was curious if you've heard anything about it, that they're replacing the noodles with fried rice. Have you have you heard that? I have heard that. And I'm not really okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that. I um, Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised because that was sort of, it's a staple. It's been there a long time, but. I'm not really sure why or if that's like a temporary thing or what, but as long as they don't touch that dessert, I won't have <laughs> issue. But if they, that dessert, I don't know if you guys, have, did you have it while you were there? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is, it is pure Disney magic on a plate. It, and if, if y'all haven't tried it, whoever hasn't tried it, it's a, it's pineapple bread pudding uh, with bananas foster sauce poured over the top and served warm with vanilla ice cream. And it is absolutely amazing i don't even like bananas and i don't even like bread pudding so i mean <laughs> and it's still amazing so i just usually tell people i'm like just get it trust me we actually we live um polynesian is about 10 minutes from my house so um, my husband and i will go quite often in the week and just run up there to polynesian to the bar because you can get it at the bar just mm. the dessert and it's been five dollars it's the best five dollars we ever spent. It's <laughs> at that little bar that's right outside of the restaurant. Um, so we'll do that pretty often. So um, I actually get get to have the dessert more often than I eat at Ohana. So. <laughs> that's quite the pro tip. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so next question would be your favorite character meet and greet moment ever. Um, uh, it has to be stepsisters. Have you guys ever gotten to meet them? We've seen them, but we've never like directly interacted with them. Yeah. They, they're they so funny. I mean, they are so funny. Honestly, I don't even need to meet them myself. I can just watch them meet other people and be thoroughly entertained. Um, because the two of them just play off each other so well. And they interact with everybody around them. And um, I especially love when when families have a, a little boy with them because they always assume he's a prince and that he needs to marry them <laughs> and they interrogate him <laughs> to see if he owns a kingdom or a castle and has a ring on them. And it's so funny because of course the little boys are usually pretty mortified by the whole experience. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's pure entertainment. Um, so they're always, they're always my go-to. They're only out at magic kingdom. Um, in the earlier part of the day, like they're usually done by like one or two in the afternoon. So you kind of have to go earlier in the day to see them. They, they are absolutely worth whatever weight you have because they're so much fun. So then the next one is what's your favorite Disney movie? Oh, favorite Disney movie. Um, okay. So that's really hard to <laughs> pick just one. Um, like classic Disney movie has to be Peter Pan. I, that's my like long, long time favorite. Um, but more recent Disney movies, um, I I love Meet the Robinsons. It's a super unpopular opinion movie, but uh, I love that movie so much. And uh, 
that it'll, it makes me cry horribly. Um, but <laughs> it's such a good movie. Um, so that, that's probably like my more offbeat Disney movie, but Peter Pan would probably be like my, my number one long time favorite. Gotcha. Love those. St- sticking on a similar theme, your favorite Disney song. Oh gosh. I don't know. Favorite Disney song. Favorite Disney song? Um, probably, probably the one from Tangled. What is the song when the lanterns go up? You know, Catherine. Oh, um, now that I need to know it, I it's not going to come to me. I know. It's uh, something about the light. That um, at last I, see I know the I could like start yes. singing in, but at I don't know I the, the light. But I don't know the. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. It now. At last, I see the light. I see the light. I think it's I just I see the light. Yeah. Okay. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song and the, the scene in the movie. And whenever they put that song into any type of show, like when they started on the, the fireworks, whatever, I'm always a mess. Like that's the <laughs> one that, that's the kicker song every time. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, so then this one will be trickier. At least it was for me. Um, your favorite Disney quote. So it can either be from a movie or from Walt himself. And I know it's sometimes hard to just rattle off a <laughs> quote, but yeah. Um, probably mine. It's funny cause I'm wearing it on my shirt right now. So it helps me. Um, it's keep moving forward, which there's a, there's a, it's a really part of a really long quote that Disney said about around here. You know, we don't, um, you know, since like in the past, we always keep moving forward, keep trying new things and new ideas. Um, and, and that's something that I really resonate with because keep moving forward is something that like we, we're always getting stuck in our own heads and in our own patterns and ideas. And, and that was a quote that meant a lot to me while I was changing a lot and moving and leaving everything and, you know, sort of having all this, these doubts about it just to kind of keep moving forward and, one day at a time and, you know, having that sort of mantra in my mind, that's always been my favorite, his quotes. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so second to last question, and this one's kind of a doozy as well, but your favorite Disney parks memory. Oh, now that's easy actually. Okay. Um, because it's the first time I brought my son. Um, so my husband and I, well, I came as a kid and then um, my husband ended up, being a Disney fan as well. So that was great. Worked out really well. So we came pre-kids. And then our first trip that we brought my son, he was two years old. And I really thought I could not love Disney World anymore. And then I brought him. And our first day, um, the, the first evening that we brought him in, we ate at Crystal Palace. And he was a huge Winnie the Pooh fan and all the little characters there. And he got so excited about those characters. And I, I was bawling. I was literally bawling because I was so scared. He was going to be scared of the characters and he loved them. And then we walked out of crystal palace after this amazing meal with all these incredible moments with his interaction with these characters, we walk out and spectrum magic is going right by us. And I don't know if you guys ever got to see that parade, you've probably only seen it on YouTube. Oh yeah. But it was the it was the you know, it was the light up parade that used to be around back in the day. And um Spectrum Magic came by and and we and my son was just completely in awe of that parade and I still remember his face. I still remember everything about that moment. I was probably bawling, but 
Um, that, that to me was, I said, if I could go home right now after this one day and every penny we paid would be, have been worth the strip. Like that was just that perfect of a day. That is so sweet. (laughs) We're excited. We're taking our niece for the first time in October. So that'll be exciting. And we do have those similar, (laughs) we do have those similar fears. Just hopefully she's not scared of the characters. Yeah. But. I know you do worry because you do see, and they're, they're big, obviously, you know, <laughs> to a little mm-hmm. one, they can be a little overwhelming. <laughs> I think they've done a good job of like showing her like videos and she's watched a ton of commercials and she watched the parade. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, seeing it on TV, of course, she's only like nine months old. Yeah, so. she's not. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how she much has she has no clue what's going on. But, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully it turns out well. But our very last question, um, and then we'll let you go. And it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to become either a Disney content creator or create their own Disney inspired products and they're on that edge and they're looking for the kind of the right first step to take, what would you say to that person? I'd probably say just try it. Just try it. I mean, what have you got to lose? Sometimes we we worry so much about making a mistake or failing or things to be perceived as a failure by other people because if we try something and we stop after six months, it's, oh, that was a failure. It's not. It's just you tried it. Um, Don't be afraid to try something and see if it works out. And maybe it will and maybe it won't. But um, sometimes I think we, we psych ourselves out way too much. We overthink way too much before we even know if we have an idea that's going to stick. We've gone you know, 12 years into our future business plan <laughs> when we, we're not even sure yet, you know, what the business is going to be. So just, just try it. Just, just throw some things out there, put something on a shop if, if you're going to sell something um, and, and get, get feedback and see, see how it goes. And that's how you learn. And that's typically you just have to start and do it and something will grow from it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that that's exactly right, that you're never going to get to where you want to be unless you take those first couple steps. And that's something that we've harped on quite a bit. And I I think that definitely echoes that same sentiment. So I love that completely. Um, Because I think we were definitely in that boat where we psyched ourselves out and we didn't have it all figured out. We had no idea how to start a podcast and (laughs) we've changed our theme so many times. I think we're on our fourth intro and outro (laughs) clips now. But I think one of the most important things to remember is that this Disney community in particular is so welcoming and so forgiving and is there to cheer you on, you know, the whole way. And and that's something that we've been completely blown away by. Awesome. That's, that's really nice. Yeah. You should, you should feel like, like you can do that and it's okay for you to figure it out as you go along and nobody's going to mind that. And they're, in fact, they're going to expect it. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Serena, I thank you so much for joining us today. To our listeners, if you're not already, please connect with Serena over at Living by Disney on Instagram or at livingbydisney.com. Again, like I said, that newsletter is the most valuable thing that hits our inbox. Um, And also, you can hear and read Serena's story a little bit in further detail in Terry Whelan's book, What the Magic Means. Find that on Amazon or whatthemagicmeans.com forward slash book. So, Serena, is there anything else that you would want to share with our listeners before we head off? No, I think that'll do it. I'm just really excited that you guys had me on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.